Hello, and welcome to Vital Compass. I'm Cris Ferraz Praj, and today we'll continue to explore the theme of life-changing events. I had a lovely conversation with Roberto Miguel, a chaplain at Moffitt Cancer Center in Florida, in the U.S. Roberto is part of the palliative care team there, and he offers a spiritual support for patients and families. Roberto and I are friends since high school, and we ended up working together focused on palliative care especially. The conversation was in Portuguese, of course, um, and I thought about making a version in English, but it was impossible to capture the natural flow of the conversation. So, um, I felt it would be a better choice to offer to you guys some excerpts of uh, Roberto, uh, but in his own voice. Since 2017, Roberto has been living in Tampa, Florida, with his family, Flavia, his wife, and Duda, his daughter. But in 2006... He and his wife lost their first son, Fernando. He was born premature and survived for seven hours before dying. In this conversation, Roberto shared some of his experience of feeling abandoned by God, searching for meaning, and how he found himself as a chaplain. When Fernando was born premature, we lived seven hours of a lot of apprehension, a lot of anguish, and... At the end of those seven hours, it started a period in my life of deep sadness. I experienced a spiritual crisis that was expressed through questions like, Why is this happening? What did I do wrong? And because I could find no answers for those questions, I also felt abandoned by God. After seven or eight months, more or less, I believe you remember, Chris, You called me asking for my help. You shared with me the story of this family who had a child dying of leukemia in the hospital where you were working at that time and how the father of this child needed spiritual support. You asked for my help and even though I didn't know if I could indeed be of any help, I felt I should try. So I went to the hospital and met with that couple And the question that the father of the child posed to me right up front was, Pastor, is faith proportional to cure? And I remember that I was silent, not knowing exactly how to answer that question, because it is indeed a deep and complex theological question. So the boy's father saw that I was quiet and thoughtful, and said, You know why I am asking you this question? It's because people come to visit us and they say things like, Have faith, because with faith you will overcome this. Or, Have faith, because we went through a similar situation, but with faith we were able to overcome it. Or even, Have faith, because with faith your child will be cured. So, the father started associating faith with cure, as if one would be proportional to the other. He said, if my son is not being cured, 
that's probably because I do not have enough faith to make it happen. I already knew that they were Catholics, so I brought and reflected upon the concept of faith within the Catholic tradition, because this is what a chaplain does. We try to understand what our patients' beliefs are, and uh, we use those beliefs as good resources to help them with their own spiritual needs. We do not impose our beliefs to our patients. We do not proselytize. So I told him that even though within the Catholic tradition and in the Bible, we can find a lot of narratives where faith and cure are together, we can also find, on the other hand, a lot of stories where men and women of great faith went through great suffering, such as the book of Job, perhaps one of the most famous examples. And I also mentioned the stories of some prophets and disciples who were persecuted and tortured and killed. And of course, of Jesus himself, the main example of someone who believes and suffers. Today, when I look back to that moment, I can see that by answering that father's questions, I was also answering myself. I was making meaning of my past experience of the accident, suffering, and the loss of my son. And the fact is that faith within the Christian and Catholic tradition is not an instrument that will free you from life problems, that will make you go through life always happy and smiling and with no sickness. No. Faith is understood as a virtue. There is a Greek word, arete, which is very close to what we understand nowadays as resilience. The ability to face difficult situations, to face suffering, to go through these challenging phases of life without being consumed by them or being destroyed by them. It's very close to the concept of Greek heroism and the virtue of courage. So I said to that father, look, you've been going through this for a year and a half maybe, and you've been here in the hospital every day, hoping to see your child getting better. If you get up from your bed every day and come to stay with your son and your wife, facing this difficult situation, if this is not faith, I don't know what faith is. And in addition to your faith, I also see love, the love for your son. After that, Chris, I remember that you and I talked and we understood that this conversation was very helpful for the family. And in helping them to go through their grief and their loss without feeling guilty. It's already a great load of pain to lose a child. And there is no need to add more suffering to this load. In times of great suffering, it's common for people to turn to spirituality and religion in an attempt to find shelter. Um, but when people see that they are impotent and there's no control over life, um, spirituality or religion can help them reorganize and uh, strengthen themselves. 
Um, but when this process is experienced with confusion and loneliness, such as when you feel guilty or when you're afraid of being judged by God, um, it can be a tough experience. Or when you feel that um, you can't pray for courage, you, you just pray for salvation. A moment of suffering in which life changes is commonly a moment of loss, of something precious. And these transformations put us on paths not previously imagined, paths that strangely bring meaning to our lives. It is in the encounter with our pains and suffering that we develop compassion for the suffering of others and strength to deal with the challenges of life. There are two great paths of transformation that can shake our self-centered way of being and make us transcend. These paths are suffering and love. And it's interesting to note how the two go together. Often, those who suffer become great lovers, and those who love become great sufferers, precisely because of the love they feel. Suffering is the perception and the clear feeling of lack of control, when we have no control over life. And in fact, it's an illusion to think that we have it. When it becomes as visible as in situations like the one I described, suffering can be very intense indeed. We want to have certainties and no doubts, results and no experiments. Without even seeing that certainties can arise only through doubt and results only through experiment. The artful denial of a problem will not produce conviction. On the contrary, a wider and higher consciousness is required to give us the certainty and clarity we need. Carl Gustav Jung Beto is launching his own podcast called Irmã Morte. It is in Portuguese. Um, and he will share some of, the, some of his spiritual wisdom in the contact with patients and families in the hospital. You might not speak Portuguese, but if you have a Brazilian or a Portuguese friend who you think might be interested, you, you should share. Before I say goodbye, I invite you to follow Vital Compass on Spotify or subscribe on Apple Podcasts. It is just a click. And when you have some time, go check the website www.vitalcompass.com. You can create a login and follow closely the posts on Explore and also the podcast episodes fresh from the oven. And if you enjoyed this episode, please make a review here. You can help others find the podcast and we can expand our circle of conversations. 
I'll see you next week. Take good care of yourself.